Hello and welcome to Barcast. We are at episode three. My name is Chris Phillips and I am here with my co-host Mark Chappell. Hello there. So Mark, how are things going with you? Good, yeah, really good. Like uh, I've done more projects, uh, I've got a few more things going, uh, had a bit of fun playing like some games with a couple of friends. But how about yourself Chris, how you been? Yeah, pretty good. Um, I've just had a week of annual leave. Oh nice. So, so, you know, I've been working pretty hard over the past you know, six months with work and with all the hobbies. So I thought, you know, I'm going to take a week off. And it's really allowed me to work on all my like side things I wanted to get done, which is really good for me. Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah. That's great to hear. So, like, what, what kind of projects have you been up to lately? Well, I'm glad you asked because... Recently, I've just gotten back into my main channel. Uh, as you know, I'm a singer, but back at the start of lockdown, I just stopped uploading to YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but after the four months off, I finally felt confident enough to start over. So on Tuesday, just gone, I actually uploaded my first cover video for 130 days Ooh, God, God. yeah it was, it was a crazy amount of time hmm. so i'm really happy that i've done that i'm really looking forward to you know going back into consistent creating of content yeah i get that yeah hmm. and obviously we've been working on barcast stuff and i've been working on other aspects of the crispy things channel and hmm. I've been updating the social medias and the websites, and which you can find that all on my link tree, which obviously just check me out on Twitter. Shameless plug right at the start. Don't you love it? <laughs> you gotta love social media. It, it is very good, and it is a good way of uh, getting people and talking to them. I mean, for example, we've uh, now got our Discord up and running um, that we did mention at some point. Yeah, the, our Discord is um, it's slowly started to grow. We've got a few people in. Uh, so if you fancy coming in, come say hello. Hi. We're always looking for it. We've got different categories up, depending on what you do fancy. So, obviously, the latest um, that's come out in gaming, I don't know if everyone's liking it as much, but if everyone remembers Ghost Recon Breakpoint, when it first came out, it didn't feature AI allies, which was a heavy put in the, the, the old games. Because then that way you're either playing the game on your own or you have to make with players. Now, obviously, you do have difficulty with playing with other people because you don't know exactly if they're going on to uh, do this mission or that one. And as much as you could talk, but if you're playing with complete strangers, it's a bit hard. So it was a, a brilliant feature that they've added it back on. And the best thing is you can customize the loadouts, you can choose what weapons, and the best thing is they learn from what you do. So if you're going in, guns blazing, they'll back you up, they'll even heal you if you need it. Or if you go in stealth, they'll go like put silences on and everything. Oh, that's cool. So it's proper artificial intelligence in that way. <laughs> so you've yeah, got the either Leroy Jenkins approach, which, oh, which I love. I'm not going to lie, that is a bit me because... <laughs> 
I don't have the technical know-how in games to do the whole stealth. I'm just like, I'm just going to run at them. I'm going to shoot them or I'm going to stab them or whatever weapon I have. I'm just going to run at them. And, and I die a lot, you know. Part of the process is, is obviously like, like you, you die, you respawn, you learn. I mean, that's like the Dark Souls. It's never a game I'm going to get into because <laughs> it's insane. But the amount of times like you can die. Obviously, uh, our friend Scott, he's he's played the the games, and uh, I don't know how how he does it and get as far as he uh, can. And I never got along with that type of game. Uh, everyone's good at their own niche. Hmm. Uh, I'm I'm a Pokemon player and Minecraft, so I and at Minecraft I still die a lot. The good good thing I've got as well is like uh, is like community like ones like survival ones where you don't you're not like you're playing with people, but you can build up like a safe haven. So, like, um, if you compare it to um, communities like you've got in Minecraft, where you've got your villages, um, my game that I've got, which is, like, State of Decay, you build up a community and get them skilled up and do various things, and you can choose to help people. But obviously, instead of, like, where you've got the spiders as such, you've got zombies, and you've got the different classes of them. Minecraft has zombies. Oh, well, yeah. You've got zombies. You've got zombies. You've got zombie villagers. I know what you mean. You got your mobs and we got our mobs. Yeah, I've, I've got more like restricted. Like, it is the infection they're coming after you. Whereas, obviously, Minecraft, you've got such a range. You've got skeletons. You've even got like the baby versions as well. Which, like, oh, just you. baby zombies. Mm. I can't remember. I've seen some lights. Do they sometimes like have um, like spiders on their side? Um, uh, they will ride the spiders. Oh, that's so cool. Yes, it's also terrifying. Can you do that as well in the game? No, no, no. You can ride horses, pigs, Mm. um, and there's a new mob in the nether, which you can ride, which pretty much means you can go across lava. Oh, nice. That's pretty cool. That's amazing, like riding spiders. On llamas, I think. That's good then. But that's all I know so far. Yeah, well, it's always good, like, with new updates and stuff. I mean, it's um, equivalently to every, everything's getting new updates now. And it's quite good seeing, like, an old game, like, it's come out, it's been out for years, and how it's developing and getting more structure. It's quite interesting. So, folks, obviously, our health is uh, greatly improving. Chris has got some brilliant news for you. Yeah, um... Brilliant news as in I finally got down to 17 stone flat. Nice. Like, I haven't been that light since 2012. Oh, right. I'm maybe even earlier. So, yeah. So my fitness is improving. I actually ran for the first time in about three months earlier this week. That was uh, exhausting. <laughs> But you know, it's you know progress, slow but steady, but progress. And how's your health going, Mark? Yeah, mine's going quite good. I've lost um, a couple of pounds. I mean, what I've gone more is um, drinking less soft drink. Like I used to just drink like lemonade on the side, but now I'm focusing more on just water because that is the best thing for you. And with no added sugar necessarily. And if I wanted to, I could add squash. Like I'm drinking blackcurrant squash and water now. Yeah, I'm on um, orange today. 
Oh, I, I feel much better for it. Like I've noticed, um, even when I'm on the ship, I've had more water um, than anything, and I noticed that I greatly was improving. So I was sleeping better. Um, I've got a Fitbit that I wear, and my sleep scores was increasing from that. So I'm wondering if it is just healthier. I've, yeah, it's obviously you need a certain amount of water a day, and fizzy drinks do not count as water. No. Um, the two things that I like to drink, well, and which are good for you, is obviously water squash. That, and then green tea is really good for you. Right. Yeah, I mean, a lot of my crewmates have been drinking. It's not that. always the most tastiest of drinks, I don't find, but you know, if you can drink it, I do recommend green tea, and it's just really good for you. I know, like, you can make it into, like, if you weren't too interested in the flavour, you can always do, like, an iced tea. That's quite nice. Like, if you add a, um, yeah. a few bits. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not too big on my hot drinks anyway, or ice drinks. I am... St- Mostly a water and squash drinker at the moment. Oh, uh, just, uh, every now and then a green tea is just a nice kick. Hmm. It's meant, meant to be help good like when you digest food as well. Yeah, digestion and metabolism, just waking you up in general. It, it's it's a good goer. Obviously there's very little caffeine. Hmm, which which is a, a really good thing for some people. Yeah. I mean I've been uh, essentially caffeine free for five and a half years. Which is good, really good. Yeah, I mean, I, I it it wasn't a coffee thing because I don't drink coffee, never have. Hmm. But I used to drink gallons of Coke. Ah, uh, all <laughs> the energy drinks. Were you a fan of that? Pardon? Were you a fan of like, energy drinks like Red Bull, like Monster? No, I, I I didn't do energy drinks. The only time I did energy drinks was when I was doing a Jaeger bomb. Yeah, fair enough. You and that was that. really bad for you. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, I. So no, I didn't really drink much in the way of energy drinks. Oh, that's, that's good then, because I know, like sometimes you, people develop and they get too attached to it. Um, but they are good, like if you are going on a journey. I mean, I've occasionally had like a Red Bull if I'm trying to recover from nights, because it's um, gives you that extra bit of energy where you can try and get your sleep pattern back on. So I've always had like one at the end of nights just to swing my body back in. Yeah, so you can stay awake long enough to go to bed at the right time so you can wake up properly mm. to turn back into days. Oh, I feel Whereas, nice and refreshed to play games and cause chaos. Yes. Whereas if I did nights and I had to switch back to doing days, I would go to bed mm. coming back from nights and I would just sleep for a day. Fair, yeah. Because I can do that. Mm. Which is, you know... Not the best thing to do because you know I would be losing one every fourteen days through sleep, or one every twenty-eight. I don't know how often do you do nights. Uh, I usually I'll do one one week, um, and I'll go on to the um, another week of days. So I'm I'm split between the two. Yeah. So yeah. So one day a month I would lose through sleep in that instance. Mm. Now that that's not great. I could do so much in that time. Yeah, that's, that's why I try and like force myself to like get the extra bit of energy just to try. So I I lose sleep, but at least my body will adapt quicker. Yeah. So, Mark, you may not have know this, but we had I had a message from one of our listeners about mm. a topic they would like us to discuss. Oh yeah. Yeah, and you know I would like to discuss it as well because it's actually 
quite relevant, I think, to us. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the whole introvert versus extrovert aspect about oh. what we are and how we deal with uh, being an introvert or extrovert. That's quite interesting, actually. Yeah. I mean, I would probably say I'm more in, I can't say the word, in, introvert. Introvert. Than I am. So, so you prefer, you know, time to yourself being avoiding people. Yeah. But when I do go out, I am really good. Like, if I do go out, I'm good, party animal. So you're like an extroverted introvert. Like, you like avoiding people, but you can do the... Whereas I was... Before I started going out, until I was about 21, I would say I was a grade A introvert. Hmm. I wouldn't say an S-class introvert. I know someone who is. Hmm. Um... But I am. I was an A grade in A grade introvert. Um, I was quite happy in my own little world, avoiding people. Did I want to go out? No. Like I, I look back now, all the summer holidays, like mm-hmm. from school, and you know, all my friends would be going out. They'd be socialising. Did I do that? No. I would stay in pretty much all day, every day. The only people I would talk to would be my mum, my sister, and my stepdad. Mm. Maybe my dad if he called, or if I went to see him. Mm. And um, I would just stay in. I was quite happy playing Pokemon or listening to music or just ignoring everyone else. I, I, I get that. I mean, obviously, you've known me when I've gone out. I've been, I don't seem like an invert i'm just gonna say in from now on because it's easier for me to say um but when i am out i am good so slow sometimes it does take me ages to get out uh sometimes it's just me recovering from being social from like when i'm at work because i'm always dealing with people so usually i've like run, run out of social and it's me just the time to recharge my batteries if uh, you know what i mean yeah i know exactly what you mean um I'm quite lucky. I've got quite a small social bit at work because I only have like two other, two, three people in the office. Because right. I'm with them all the time, it's just gotten to the point where it's not really socialising for me anymore. They're just my friends at work because mm. I just see them that often. It's, they're just there. But I know if I have like a social weekend where one day is lads night where I see you, Mark, you, Max, and Scott, and that. And then another night, I see the other group of friends. By Sunday, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> like, I'm quite happily. Chris, do you want to do anything? No, leave me alone. I'm hiding under a blanket. <laughs> and then I will spend the next few days, hmm. like, under a blanket and just recharging. I don't want to see people. Yeah, like, which is perfectly reasonable. And it is a good thing, because sometimes you do need your own time to yourself i mean going back to like how you are games i'm brilliant for that because then that's like um groups going play games perfect for that environment going out all the time like maybe like going out to like clubs and that i have to be in the right mood or if i'm not it's not for me yeah i'm so like i'm really interested and i've stopped drinking lately which mm. is not good considering we're doing a bar cast I mean, we're taking a break 
And then eventually, once lockdown's done, I mean, no, yeah. I'm I'm like completely sober at the moment. Hmm. I am. As much as people never believe like. It. I don't even. I have no alcohol I can drink here. Oh, that's good then. Yeah, which you know, I have a globe of alcohol. Hmm. The bottles are pretty much empty. Ah. So, so the earth is now flat. Well, not flat, empty. Yeah, it's, it's a, so, so I'm not drinking at all. And drinking used to help me just break that social barrier for me. Mm. Like, yeah, I would want to go out, but I would want to be with, like, my small group of friends that I would go out with. Because yeah. I don't have to try and, like be friendly to people, I can just be my weird self and just enjoy myself. However, I have a very social bubble. <laughs> so <laughs> they want to go out and they all talk to other people. Hmm. And I normally can't start with introducing to new people if I'm sober. Because I'm just like, no, I don't have the energy for this. So I would have a couple of drinks and by the time we get to talking to new people, Hmm. I'm already on a different mindset because the alcohol's kicked in. Yeah, because obviously, yeah, the nerves that you have, it, obviously alcohol slows it down, so you don't feel as nervous quite early. I mean, I, that used to be with me. I used to have a drink, and then anyone would then be my friend. I would be talking away. I would be dancing on the dance floor if no one else is, trying to get more people on the floor and dancing, because that's just how I'd be. So I wouldn't go that really far. out of my shell then. No, I... I wouldn't dance in front of people that willingly. That that's a lot more drinks. That's shots involved. Oh, which is not a bad thing. No, shots but you know, good. I'm not doing shots. <laughs> and like, I'm not going to pubs. I know pubs are just reopening from lockdown. We're only episode three. It's only end of July, start of August. Mm. Lockdown's still being lifted, but. I have no desire to socialise in that aspect at all. I will, okay. I will do my D&D sessions. I will do my lads nights mm. on Zoom or on Discord or whatever. Yeah. But God forbid, will I go out and socialise with a big group? No. <laughs> I don't want to see anyone new. Yeah, I mean, that's fair enough. Because obviously what, what is good is... You, it's brilliant having a big circle in some regards, but I tend to prefer not as big, but people that I know, I know the interests and I know them more one-on-one um, than I do like a massive group. And then I'm seeing more, they know more me, I know them, we hang out more, get along. But you've got a big group. Of course, that means you can hang out wherever you like, but then can you always trust them? I'm not saying like anyone's not trustworthy, just saying, can you trust him, like, getting you back safe? Let's say if you did go drinking and you got smashed, mm. would they know where to send you? Could they get you back? Or is it because you're hanging out too much that so you don't know? Exactly. And that's enough about us and the whole introvert and extrovert thing. Mm. But how do you feel, like, about introverts and extroverts? Like, the ones who are, like, polar opposite, the ones that are, like, always out there always have to be with people and how they must be how they must have really struggled during lockdown 
and then the real introverts who have struggled through lockdown but from a different sense whereas the extroverts have mm. missed the social the introverts have had the ex- the anxiety of if they do go out and they bump into people they don't know which is already bad enough but you know mm. everyone's supposed to have their face covered if they're going shopping and then you got the anxiety of you could get ill no i mean yeah i mean overall the one the ones that do want to go out they've always been aiming to go out i mean as you saw in the news when people were going out in a group like the beaches they were getting rammed that's and then obviously it's not just people going out for the sake of it but they just wanted their freedom because like if you're someone that lives in a flat for example you don't have a garden you're stuck like yourself like you you are stuck there and that's not a good feeling even for inverts if you're act, if you're feeling trapped, your anxiety goes up because it's like, am I going to be stuck here for the rest of my life? It's not necessarily, but that's what they would feel. And mm. there is a difference between meeting up with someone just for a chat, even if you're an invert, compared to um, not seeing them at all. And then not everyone necessarily has technology like games console or webcams or ways of talking to people freely. So if you feel like you're trapped and locked away, as you said. If you do go outside, you might seem like you're more um, out, out, like an outsider, trying to go in. That makes sense. Yeah. Always on the outside, never looking in. Hmm. Or always on the inside, never looking out. By both are reasonable example phrases here. Um, whereas the introverts, they they don't mind the fact that they're stuck indoors. Hmm. Which, you know, it's great for them because, you know, I won't, I don't have to go out and see people. Brilliant. Mm. But at the same time, you have to go to a shop because, you know, you will eventually run out of food. Or, oh, yeah, you need, you need to do a supply run every now and then. Exactly. If you don't have that person who can go out and get it for you, like if you don't have someone who doesn't mind, doesn't have the anxiety of, you know, Oh God, what what if I do this? What if I do that? And they can do it. If you don't have that person, it's down to you. Mm. Which which I, yeah. No, you're caught, really. Because you either got yourself and you have to go out and you have to, you know, see all these people and you have to do the shopping. Or you have to trust someone, do an online order and get someone to deliver the food to you. Mm. And then you've got a stranger coming to your door. Yeah, they got the supply yeah, line, not... but mm. but yeah, you still got to interact in some way. Exactly. I mean, obviously, the main problem, the main problem that you've probably found is um, where you've got like some people that might not have the means of paying online. They might only pay by cash. So, like, how do you work around that if someone's dropping off and it's like you don't have the means necessarily to pay by a card as such? How would you counter it? Yeah, it's it's just really crazy. So, Mark, have you read any good manga lately? Oh yeah, I've actually got a really um, good one. It's um Goblin Slayer, and it's uh, such an interesting tale. Yeah, I've heard of it, but I've not actually read any of it. What? No, like, give me a lowdown. So, obviously, if you like your um adventures and like um, action like things, then it's perfect well, for you. You know, I do. We both oh, like I- One Piece. Oh yeah, but this, the story starts off 
quite interesting because Goblin Slayer is the name of a title that someone got from what they do. The character is basically an adventurer, but he's got a, such a high rank in like the guilds because obviously you know like adventure guilds and that you go up different ranks. Yeah. He's managed to get quite a high position and everyone's thinking, but all he hunts is goblins. And obviously that's originally how he started building the title. But it starts off, it's not like a, a slow start. It actually builds up quite quickly because especially someone is making their way into like a, a cave to fight goblins. And everyone thinks goblins are weak and stuff like that. But in reality, they may be savage, but they've got, they always try something new, but they don't care if their own dies oh yeah so they're sneaky like, little selfless hmm. selfish bastards yeah so like say if they lost like five of their comrades they might climb over the bodies and fight and like you know how some people are noble when they fight they move their dead companions around or try and get out no they, they just pile on so if you've made a pile they're going over and it's trying to get the savage levels of what goblins are and then he develops all different techniques how to fight them ah, so as they evolve in their fighting skills he evolves in his fighting skills mm. and then he's slain so many he's gotten the title goblin slayer that's exactly i won't put too many like spoilers in but main thing is how about yourself chris you've been you've read anything interesting well i i've really toned back on my manga as of late but mm. and I've just had to unfortunately knock another one off my list because it just finished. Oh. Yeah, after reading it for like the past two or three years, hmm. uh, obviously I joined the party late, but I've been reading the volleyball manga Haikyuu. Oh, I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been honestly one of my favourite reads hmm. uh, because it's been about a little shorty hmm. and a prodigy, two characters, obviously one who's always going to do well in volleyball and one who started completely sucking. All right. And and throughout the manga, he's obviously, you see him learn all the techniques about everything he has to do, Hmm. all the trials and tribulations, and they finally, and they ended it on a high. Okay. And... They've complete. They like they tied up all the character stories, and even like when it was coming to an end, it like tied up all like the smaller characters. That's rare. I like, don't see that often. Yeah, I mean, like, like most of the characters that they introduced, they gave like their little ending to, so you knew, like, oh, that's such and such from them. Oh, they do this now, and that's really cool. And they tie it oh, up. They tie up the finished. stories. They got the consistencies, hmm. but it's like 400 odd chapters. That's quite impressive. And, it, and it's just, it's come to an end. I'm gutted because I loved reading it. And loved, Was it an ending that you expected? I didn't expect it to happen just like that. I knew they were tying it up soon, hmm. uh, but I wasn't sure how the author was going to end it. Oh, so, so I can say I'm content with the ending. Hmm. I just wish I had more time to like read it and like enjoy it, like some just like a couple more chapters. Yeah, but, you, you don't want it to end. I, I uh, completely you know, understand the that. really good ones. Hmm. Um, 
You know, I mean, did you have many favourite characters in it, or was it um, primarily? Yeah, I had, I had a few. <laughs> there was Hinata Shoyo, who was the lead, because he's a little orange-haired bundle of joy. Um, and he was a middle blocker. I don't know if you know much about volleyball positions. I don't know the exact names, but I do know how they interlay and work with each other. Okay. So, if you don't understand, I might just explain it anyway for Mm. those at home. So, you have, from my understanding, on a court, on each team, you have seven players on a standard volleyball team. You've got two middle blockers, Mm. who are generally pretty obvious, they're blockers, they they jump at the net, they smack the ball down. Mm. Right. They block. Defenders, yeah. Yeah, defenders, really. You get three wing spikers. Mm. Basically, the guy, the ball gets thrown to to smack out of people on the other side of the net. Mm. Going for really in-depth descriptions here. Uh, you've got the setter, mm. who is generally the most important person on the court because they have to get the ball to the spikers ah. uh, in a position which is easy for them to you know spike to hit mm. the ball and then you've got a libero which is like the guy he doesn't spike at all ah. he doesn't he doesn't do jump blocks either he's basically on the back row so for when the ball goes through the blockers at the front, he's there to dig it, to ah, stop it from hitting the ground. Which is quite a hard role, because I remember when yes, I used to... Yes, and well, well, good liberos are generally quite well admired. Hmm. So now I've got you that, I can tell you uh, my two other favourites are Tanaka hmm. and... Oh, I've forgotten his name. Ah, no. But the libero for... Uh, Hinata's team. Okay. My brain. My I I read it last week and my mind just gone. Pssst. Oh, I know you feel. I've had that many times. You try and think of a name and it is hard. I yeah. Mean, unless you talk about it all the time. Exactly. Really I and I don't normally talk about it <laughs> at all. <laughs> but those three are probably my because they're dumbasses. They're funny. And two of them have got, and all of them got like a really strong mental attitude. Like, their grind is like nonstop. They always want Mm. to be the best version of themselves. Yeah. So I, I love that about them. That's quite a good thing because um, I think from what I was getting the looks of like some of the cover art because obviously each one comes different. They it must have been going like a few quite a few rival teams throughout the uh, stories. I mean. It couldn't just be like one going no. all the way along. No, there's generally you get introduced to their first big rival in like the first big arc, which is mm. Alba Josai. Mm. They face them three times. If you go by the anime, they face them three times in the first two seasons. Ah, okay. Um, uh, win loss win for our lot. Mm. Uh, you get Nakoma which is a team which has history with our team. And Mm. then they basically, they're both aiming towards a goal, 
where they can face each other in a national tournament. And and those are like the two main rival teams. Oh, I see. And then yeah. the other teams in the cover are, are generally like the team they're facing during mm. that arc. During that volume, that's the word, volume. And yeah, there's okay. like one-on-one actual rivals. But the real rivalry is between Hinata and Kageyama, the short-ass middle blocker and the mm. prodigy setter. And it's this whole manga is like basically their competition with each other. I right? see. And it's really wholesome sometimes, which I dig. Yeah, I mean, I've never, I might get into sport ones then because it sounds like it is quite interesting more. Because, I mean, I always used to pass them off because, I mean, sport I was never into. I liked playing rugby, but I couldn't see myself reading about sport, if that makes mm. sense. No, I've only really read two sport mangas, hmm. Haikyuu and Kurokono Basket. All right. And that's all I've really read. Other than that, it's slice of life stuff with a bit of sport in. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I mean, but sport isn't my normal go-to. It was just these two were just like recommendations. And I went, okay, I'll give them a go. And I just loved them. So I, I read them. Yeah, obviously, like the same as you when you finished that one and it ended. I, I had a, a manga that I was reading and it was um, Green Worlds. Oh, yeah. And it was quite an interesting twist. Like the story, you never knew exactly how things would go. But then near the end, it started piecing things together. Yeah. What the setting was, was um, like your main characters were going on an underground, going like through Tokyo, like uh, the system. And that there was some new event, like an ecosystem coming, like more greener. Um, and then basically something shakes. Um, you're not sure what's happened. Um, they basically all the lines go out. No one knows. They get to a station and then people go out to want to know what's going on. When uh, the first lot do go up outside, no one comes back straight away. Mm. And then the main character then starts going out to see what's going on. And basically you see greenery everywhere around like all skyscrapers and everything, massive plants. And the scary thing is, the first thing you see is like people's bodies, like they were trying to run to the station or hide and they're all covered in like plant life. Um, So you're like, they're almost cocooned in it, but their body is outlined. So if you've ever seen like sculptures of like people before, it almost looks exactly like that. And um, it only hits home until um, you see this one body covering this kid that's still like um alive oh. so, so it's like he covered it but he's scared of what's going on it's like and then the next thing the you see, yeah and it's the most scariest thing because the next thing uh you've got one of um like a police not like a police officer but like uh the traffic ones that they have on the trains and that's like we do goes out and then the next thing you know he's been attacked by a plant and it's like his body's getting crushed it's like um one of the not a venus flight trap but more one that pulls you in and digests you yeah and like you just didn't expect that to happen at all um but like going further on the storyline they run back into the station um and then they think they're safe down there because obviously the, the top land has now become hostile for any humans to go and it goes on a couple of months later and then what you find out there's something else that's changed in human dna mm-hmm. And that's one reason why they go. 
Yeah. Fair enough. If you like our content, please consider supporting us on Kofi. So, Chris, obviously we've talked about many games, but I played any good board games recently? Um, I don't really know if it counts as a board game or a dice game or what it actually falls under. All right. It's its own thing in itself, but I have recently started playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've done a couple of sessions. Um, hmm. I am a dwarf bard. Oh, nice. I'm Fit called in. single by choice. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, the pun is it's not my choice. <laughs> and um, I am quite new to the D&D world, so I don't really know what I'm doing. But, but this last session we did was has one really funny highlight. Hmm. It was um so I'm playing this with a group of friends. I won't say all their names, but the two I will mention because they're relevant to the story is Luke and Max. Okay. So we got Luke, have Max, Shelton. You know, two people that quite often visit with the open mics, so you hmm. know them. Yeah. Um, but uh, Max is a rogue, ah. and Luke is a paladin he's also a dwarf though luke is i think max is a halfling and oh, he's a little fella so you've all gone for like the small a small like team yeah so max has gone as a small sneaky boy mm. so we've come to we've come to this uh ruinous city um there's something going around another part which i think we're visiting in the next session which oh, okay. I actually believe is today. Ah. Um, so that so we're gonna do that in today's session. Hmm. And um so I'll mention that next one. Uh so what so we're at this castle and it had a locked door and we're wondering, well, we could see if we could unlock it from the inside. Because we oh. we've tried kicking it down, we've tried all that, so there might be like a wooden plank on the other side of the door. We got no ah. idea. Um, right. But Luke and I had this idea. Like, do Luke and I have the strength to throw Max <laughs> over the wall? <laughs> and now Callum was just like, our DM was just like, okay, you're going to need a joint throw total of like 30. Oh. Like, so out of two D20s, we both need at least 15. Damn. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we rolled, like, a four and a seven. We rolled an 11 out of 30. Oh. So safe to say we threw Max into the wall. Just... Oh, oh God. Flat <laughs> Yeah, Max took damage. I'm sure he would. And he had to roll for damage. And he Please took, tell like, me that was low at least. Yeah, he took like two or three. Oh, God. If, if I could say, he took more than what your roll was. Christ, that yeah. would be. Uh, luckily, when we were all like level three, we're nearly level four. So we, we do have some health. And we were we were all like fully recovered. Hmm. Um. So this was like the start of the day. We just had a long rest. So all our hit points were like... And, you know, and our DM was just like, really? I went, 
yeah, we failed, but can we try again? No. <laughs> he he didn't let us. Instead, we had to do the boring thing and use a grapple and a hook. And... Now, I'll just... Oh, like, but I'm a dwarf. How high a row do I need to climb the, the, the rope? Because, you know, you need like a an athletics check. Yeah. My athletics bonus was like two. So I got like a really low bonus. Oh, damn. So I, rolled, I Luckily, I rolled... I rolled a 13, which gave me a 15 total, hmm. which meant I could climb the hook, the rope. Which like, that's one way. Yay! But, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing what the next session brings, because I have a bad feeling we've got a big, bad, evil guy to face. Ooh. And I've got no idea on... Because um, the last session we had a battle, mm. and we all nearly died, and we didn't even have a boss in it. It was just... It was just like standard bag. <laughs> I mean, it was a good amount of them. Hmm. But, like, we nearly died. I mean, I did nearly die. I went down to, like, eight health. So um, so are you going to come up with a technique maybe where you throw one of yourselves at it? Maybe try and get, like, a critical hit? I'm not going to lie, Luke, and I will probably try and throw Max at the big bad evil guy <laughs> just to try and cover the distance. But Sounds if we do high. that, the problem is he might die from being surrounded. I mean, that that, that kind of reminds me of what happened in like um, Lord of the Rings. Um, I don't know if you ever watched. I think it was the uh, the, the Two Towers. Yeah. There was a scene where Legolas basically threw the companion across, and it's like, yeah. right, don't usually ask this. Throw me, and literally just yeah, it was um, Gimli. That's it. Yep. He was. It, I loved him. He was my favourite guy. I can just imagine. I can. That's why I can picture the scene of you guys. Throw me. <laughs> just, yeah, it was really funny because um, we were joking that we had to travel quite a distance, and I did actually say we dwarves are made for sprints, not marathons. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I thought. It only felt appropriate because that is a quote fresh from, I think, again, Lord of the Rings. I can't remember if it's Twin Towers or The Return of the King. Hmm. Actually, I'm not even going to try and say which one because someone will correct me. I'll tell you what, though. If you ever take out a big enemy and it's carrying people, the line that you have to say is, that still only counts as one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, what about you? Any board games? So, obviously, I never thought I was honestly going to play this game because I always sent it. I think I was seven or something last time I popped it. And that is Monopoly. Ooh. The Game of Thrones edition. Oh, yeah, see, I've got the Game of Thrones edition, so I know the board, but not Monopoly. Did you fall out with anyone? No. And surprisingly, um, it was like a quick round. I don't know how it was. Um, how do you? I was like, going to, it's rare because you, you know how long a game lasts of Monopoly. If it lasts any less than an hour, you're not doing it right. Supposedly, I was doing all right until someone nicked my land. How? So you know, near the end, where like on the board, you start off with one to two to three to four to five. Mm-hmm. 
I bought one property that cost you five. And somebody turned out to have a chance card that referred to you could either steal a row or a single property. They happened to take that away from me. Sounds a bitch. And what was funny about it is I kept landing on it. So whereas I paid five, I then paid five again and again and again. And then I had to start mortgaging all my other properties. But mm. I thought I was doing well because I had bought properties that I was earning free before. I mean, you've played it. You know that land's critical. Oh, yeah. I, I know it for sure. I mean, on Standard Monopoly, my first go is always Park Lane and Mayfair. Mm, yes. They're like, a good one. I generally plan my roles that way. Like, I don't know how, but mm. I always try and get one of them on my first round. Which is a wise move, because it, it does pay off at the end. Exactly. I mean, yes, it's a lot to do with the luck of the dice. Mm. But if I can get one of them, it means the other people can't get two. Yeah. And then I will trade, like, I will trade, like, half a row for the other one. Nice. But it doesn't matter, because if you get hotels, Mm. either of them, you win, really, because no one can afford the mortgage, the the payment of a hotel on Mayfair. Oh, Oh, God, yeah, that's going to definitely win. Yeah. If you can get one of the train stations and one of the utilities, you have so much haggle room. I mean, what what I had is how I lost badly, but the one thing that everyone noted was I was quite lucky that I was rolling doubles. Mm. So I was able to roll more doubles than anyone in the game. And usually that's where my luck sometimes comes into it. So it's like, uh, obviously, if you roll a double, you go again. Mm. If you get three times, you go to jail. Yeah. I so was really always lucky. Two doubles and then for... carry on. So, folks, I've got some brilliant news. We've always talked about it, and I love these because it is versus. We talked about how we were going to do this kind of stuff, but I never told you the, the uh, ground rules about it. Oh, it's about so time you got to this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. We are going to start doing it. It will happen. So the rules that we have... We pick two characters. Now, we need to know our two characters. Also, we all pick what type of setting it is. So, for example, if we talk about Marvel, you've got way too many platforms of where you can take the lore from different timelines, different stories, different origins. So what we might do is just select one film. Let's say four. So with four, I could have Loki and Chris can have four. And then we would go through the different elements and the powers, what they have, and maybe some features that they had in the other movies. Now, obviously, we won't necessarily have to worry too much about spoilers uh, because we're only going to use movies that have now been out for a while. So, Chris, has got any inputs on any like the rule sets you want to put in? Because we have been talking about it. Exactly. Um, with the Thor-Loki example, we can only do the version of that character which is in that movie Hmm. we can't i can't use say in use ragnarok loki in endgame because ragnarok loki wasn't in endgame Hmm. i so thor 
in Endgame would have to be Thor. Hmm. So you have to, the whatever move, whatever f- character we pick, if we pick a movie from their f- where they're from, that is what we're going to have to stick with. Yeah, because that, that's our ground setting. It's going to be pick a movie, and then if we wanted to, like if people say want to have a rematch, then we could do another film if you wanted to. Yeah, we I mean, could do. Set- we could do the original four film. With mm. four versus Loki, and then if you oh do a rematch, we could do Dark World, we can do Avengers, mm. we can do Ragnarok, the brief time in Infinity War that Loki's alive. Yeah, you know, we we or we could do Endgame Thor with Endgame Loki, which is technically Avengers Loki. Yeah, which does work and. For example, we do love Marvel. I mean, one idea we got eventually, unfortunately, the movie's been pushed back, but that was Black Widow. And then one character I love to pieces is um, t- the uh, Taskmaster. Mm. Also, always... Mark <laughs> knows about Taskmaster. Yep. I know nothing. So I would probably pick Romanoff. Yes, that, that would yeah. be a good one. But we'll f- we'll come to that when we get to seeing Black Widow. Yes, I believe that, that, that will start of next year. Who knows when that's going to happen? Hmm. But other all sets we will have for this as well is we'll base it on we will get the information, watch it, and so we get a refresh. So we've got the knowledge and we know each other's character. So if we're going to take a dig, we can take it. So obviously. You know, for four and Loki, they grew up. They were, they got along. I mean, if you remember Ragnarok, there was the game that they said, Get Help. Yeah. Oh, I love Get Help. I hate <laughs> it. It works every time. It's humiliating. We're doing it. We're not doing it. Do you have a better idea? No, we're doing it. <laughs> we're not. Get Help! Yeah. I, and also the snake story. Oh, yes. Well, I'm going to yes. say that because that is. That's funnier coming from Chris Hemsworth than watching the scene itself. And and the best thing is, is they are are brothers as well. They fight. They actually fight. And it's not like we're going to have a fight to the death. We can do, but we don't need to. It it depends on if you request it yourselves or if the situation we pick it. Yeah. We could pick a fight to the death for two characters because we feel... That's the only way these two characters are going to settle yeah. this fight. But ov- obviously, Venom and Carnage, that oh, will yeah. always be a fight to the death. Mm. I can't see them going, oh, you beat me up pretty well there, bud, but let's call it there. That's going to be, you beat me up pretty well, but I'm still going to kill you, you son of a... Yeah, that, that's exactly how it's going to be. But obviously, um, don't think we are just going to do Marvel. We're going to open this up for many topics. Um, so Marvel is just our example of saying what our rule sets are and potentially what our first verses are will be. I mean, hell, we could do Disney. We can break into any genre. If you have a verses you want us to do, mm. hit us up on our social medias because we will oh. happily do, we will do our research. And if you if you give us two characters or you can set us like the specifics, like we want 
such and such characters, but you can only use law, which is legit from this movie that they're both in. Mm. Which obviously, for say you got Rise of the Guardians, you can use Jack Frost versus the Easter Bunny. Yeah. But you can only use the law from that movie, mm. which is canon. And it's quite interesting. Yeah. And I love and also not Marvel. That was just off the rail. Yeah. So obviously, if you remember last time, or if you haven't heard, I embarrassed myself by making a jingle. So oh, I did goodness. that the first time. So I now leave it to my good friend. Chris. And I, I, I've had a little think. I've not come up with anything special, but it is my turn, so I will do the honours. Mm. So, pop to the bar, come say hello, talk to your friends about what you know, Barcast. Hmm, I, that is annoying because that was better than mine. <laughs> you just repeated Barcast. Well, it works. You got you got the old American jingles. They just repeat themselves. Yeah, I was going for like a radio jingle. Da 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 da. Oh, so I've got the next one to do. How am I going to top this? I do not know. But right, folks. Now it is the end of our podcast. Our next podcast that we will introduce will come out on the fifteenth of August. Yes, it will. Mm, which will be good, and maybe we'll introduce the verses then. Who knows? But obviously, any information you'll do, follow our social media. We do post, even our own walls we have. But the main thing that if you do want to know anything, always follow us on Twitter at CM Barchance. We're there, both got connection with it. I like posting how I've done, what I've done in the game. And if, you've, if you have seen, I've posted game things where I've like been dancing as a dwarf in, the, in my mining games. So if you do want to know anything or talk to us, or if you want to find out more about our other social medias, do follow us on there and let us know. Indeed. And we'll see you next time. See Take you later, care, everyone. folks. Bye. Bye.